Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time for another episode of Believe Me with Brandon Lane, Cordell Stewart, and myself, Joe Serralo. Of course, Believe Me is brought to you by our proud sponsors over at BetOnline. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. You'll get your first time, one time, 50% welcome bonus there. Any deposit between $50 and $1,000, BetOnline will match 50% of it with a free bet, a welcome bonus by using that code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. So head on over to BetOnline and let the games begin. All right, it is time for another episode. Just two more episodes before Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. It's Believe Me with the former Pro Bowl quarterback Cordell Stewart, the career handicapper and inspiration for the movie Two for the Money, Brandon Lang, and myself, Joe Serralo. Gentlemen, Conference Championship Sunday is in the books. We were both, or I should say we were all on the Eagles. We were all on the Bengals, so we went one and one but that Bengals game, that was a heartbreaker. Brandon, how are you feeling after that 23-20 last-second field goal win for the Chiefs? First of all, it, it, at BrandonLang.com, I'm 5-1 in the NFL playoffs. The only loss was the backdoor field goal by Jacksonville to cover against Kansas City, which was bullshit because the fat man couldn't run out the clock. I um, was just thinking about that KC Chinese buffet for $7.99, orange chicken, <laughs> rice the wontons the whole nine yards so i hope you ate well andy and uh, congratulations um i have all the respect in the world for dak prescott because after the niners game dak came right out and said it's on me i gotta be better my team played well enough for us to win today i didn't and i promise you it's never gonna happen again took complete ownership of it complete everything of it The Cincinnati Bengals defense played well enough in that fourth quarter for their team to get the victory. And Joe Burrows had two possessions in the fourth quarter. The first possession, they had second down and three at their own 40-yard line. He had the check down right in front of him to Haven Hurts for the first down. Clock's going to run now, around five minutes to go. They could probably just drive it right down the field, take a field goal, win the game by three. Burrows took a shot deep. On third and three, he did the same exact thing again with the check down wide open and went for it all. They punted. Then they get the ball back. And then on the on the third and eight, um, just the, the, the sack, and, and that was it. Um, probably could have ran there, used some of the time on the clock. It's on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did not play well enough the way Joe Burrow needed to play for his team to win that football game. Now you want to go to the penalty? The penalty should never have happened. If you queue up that play again, one thing nobody mentioned, and I mean every broadcast the next day, I'll put it on the late hit, I'll put ownership on that. But there was a little subtlety in that play that nobody talked about. Hubbard, the left defensive end for the Bengals, rushes upfield and sets the edge. Mahomes goes back. When Mahomes took two steps inside the pocket, Hubbard should never have moved. Why? Because the inside part of the pocket was collapsing. Mahomes had nowhere to go. But what did Hubbard do? Took two steps inside with Mahomes. He goes right outside him, and that led to the penalty. Nobody put it on Hubbard for not setting the edge. Well, he had the edge set, and then he gave it up. Cordell knows, mobile quarterback, you cannot lose the outside edge. And as much as you want to take that step inside, when that quarterback goes up in the pocket, you cannot leave that edge set. Because Hubbard did. He went around. That led to the late hit. 
and then they lose with a penalty. In the comp press conference after the game, all Joe Burrow said is, you know, we'll watch the tape. Uh, you learn from wins and you learn from losses. Hey, Joe, how about you come out and say, I sucked in the fourth quarter. I wasn't good enough for my team. I didn't do my job in the fourth quarter. This one's on me because it was. Your defense gave you the ball back twice in the fourth quarter. You had a second and three at your own 40. A very manageable down to pick up in distance. And Burroughs didn't. And because Burroughs was garbage in the fourth quarter, we have another Super Bowl involving the Kansas City Chiefs, who once again have not had to go on the road to work their way to the Super Bowl. They once again, for the fifth straight year, had home field advantage. And that home field has meant everything to them. And here they are back in a Super Bowl. Cordell Ford. Mm, that monologue was excellent. Excellent. Got me ready. Where's my <laughs> uniform? Where's my freaking uniform? I, I tell you what, there were, I mean, we never talked about the extra third down. Right. That they end up getting. I mean, well, let me just real quick. Let me just quote that. All the extra third down did was cost them field position, but it didn't matter because they worked it up to the 40, setting up that second and three. That's all that, that's all that did. And it really didn't matter on the clock that it took another minute 30 off the clock because they had the world in the palm of their hand. They had second and three, around five minutes to go at their own 40. The game is theirs right there. So I get it. I get the extra third down. They had to defend, but they got the stop after that, cost them some field position, but they got right back where they needed to get. But go ahead. Because we don't know what actually happens if they actually end up punting that ball, right? We really don't know. Like, we don't they know. Did, they punted. Yeah, they, 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 eventually, they eventually end up doing it, but you still end up seeing the feeling or the, the energy in the room for me just was like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this going in the direction for the Kansas City Chiefs, like what, what's 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 the story here? But Joe Burrow, I think in most cases, like this one, when you are the Messiah of your team, of your yeah. city, and you're the reason that you go, and in most cases, you may be the reason that you don't go, meaning that you did play well enough. And he didn't yeah. play his best game because yeah. we have high standards for Joe Burrow, right? We saw him going to this game. He was, what, 3-0? and against this team. They accidentally called it Burrowhead Stadium with the excitement on the sideline, but one of the running backs, I think it was, started that noise. And then before you know it, those guys used that as bulletin board material. All I will say is this. That was a very good game, a very irritating one to watch when it comes to watching Cincinnati because it was almost like the old Cincinnati Bengals that we used to see when you used to have the Burfix and the Pac-Man Jones and all those guys Man, that used to be there where... Yeah, those 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 types of plays where sometimes it make you scratch your head. You be like, "Are you serious? This this is what's going on right now?" I mean, from the interceptions to the play later in the game where you hit actually uh, Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. That game, you know, no one thought. Let's be honest, that Patrick Mahomes would actually be able to move around. They thought he'll play well. They thought he'll be able to throw those balls from areas that we know he could throw them from different than most. You know, his throwing lane goes from having to throw from high over the top to on the side, underneath, flicking and flipping and all that great stuff to actually scrambling, keeping plays alive, and actually getting the ball down the football field. So the better team end up winning. Let's let's be transparent. I don't know for sure if those interceptions on caught and they just field goals or even touchdowns that we still don't see Kansas City play. But that defense, that front four, the way they were playing, they were the hungriest. I said Cincinnati was the most physical team. I stand corrected. Kansas City played the most aggressive football 
in that game. And, and rightfully so, they end up getting the dub. And then that's, that's the reason why they're gone. And, and I think Steve Spagnola, Brandon, deserves a lot of credit because we've all taken some shots at Spagnola. That defense has not looked good at times. I, I know you yes, have sir. your gripes about how Jacksonville marched down the field at the end of that game for the backdoor cover. But Steve Spagnola admitted, you know, he came out in the presser after the game and said, we lined up in ways we refused to line up against Cincinnati in that early December game because we knew whether it be the divisional round or the conference championship, we were going to see them again and we wanted to keep some things in our back pocket. I thought that was an absolute masterclass by Spagnola. Well, that's great, Steve. That That's great, Steve. And I know when you're watching film, Steve, that you had to contain your laughter as to just how bad an offensive line you got to scheme against. Um, but they sure stopped to- Buffalo. Well, yeah, we, we just said that prior. But I said all year long, I thought Buffalo was overrated. I thought mm-hmm. Buffalo's defense was overrated. I said that all year long. And once they, lost Vaughn, once they lost Vaughn Miller, it's a whole different story after that. So all that being said, it's very easy to put the cart before the horse when you get a defensive line at home with that crowd noise, with that advantage, going against an inferior offensive line for us to over-exaggerate and go, oh, my God, Chris Jones was amazing. The, 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 the Chiefs defensive line was amazing. Okay, I get it. Now, two weeks from now, on a neutral field, good luck against Kelsey. Good luck against Lane Johnson. Good luck against the number one offensive line in the NFL. Now let's take a step back. And now let's see what Chris Jones does. Now let's see what they do with a mobile quarterback. Because Cordell will tell you, when you rush a mobile quarterback, you cannot <laughs> pin your ears back and come after him with reckless abandon. You have to come at him <clears throat> with a little pause. And that one beat means everything. Just ask the San Francisco 49ers who didn't lay a glove on Jalen Hurts. And now Kansas City's coming in there. Whole different ballgame. I give them credit. They dominated an inferior offensive line. But they're seeing the best offensive line they've seen all year long. Yeah, one well, thing I, Kansas I was, City was, has. Yeah, Cordell, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, we say Coach Spagnuolo, right? For yeah. Kansas City, defensive coordinator. He does a really good job of scheming against whatever that is he's playing against. I think he displayed that, actually, to your point. Brandon, maybe it's because that line was was average at best, but it's been like that for me pretty much all year long. Even last year, it was even worse. It was. I should say last year was worse, and this year, it, was, it wasn't all that great. It was Cordell, good enough. I'm going to go um, on record and say right now, if you suited up last Sunday, you'd have got a sack against the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> no, I would have. I'd have caught a hammy no. coming down and walking down the hallway. <laughs> it was too cold out there, okay? Pre, pre-game um, stretching lines, Cordell would have pulled something. <laughs> bro, putting on the pants, I would have heard something. Um, but you better believe they're going to have, they're going to watch enough film to have something drawn up for Jalen Hurts. But I will say this, if that's not what they've gone up against at all this year, they're going to catch pure hell against the Philadelphia Eagles. They can take this and have this as bulletin board material if they choose to. That offensive line, they're going to have enough to deal with up front when it yep. comes to the offensive line. Run Led game. by Kelsey in the middle. On the run game. Yeah. Just, just being physical, period. Whether it's the run the past, they play well enough to know that if you have the edge on me as you're running upfield and you're causing me to be off balance, that crew is smart enough to continue to move their feet to push them past the quarterback as he steps up in the pocket. Many many linemen, they'll just use their arms and push the guy and let him go. And before you know it, they reroute themselves the defenders and end up making a sack on a quarterback. This crew, they play till the whistle blow. 
if Jalen Hurts is in the way while they're actually pushing the defender past him, he better get out of the way and move and get somewhere. That's what they do. They do everything within that little box. With what they do in a running game, to me in a passing game, play action pass, they do it in a physical way that's different than what Kansas City does as a passing team. But they do it well enough to where this mobile quarterback is able to get moving if need be to where they're going to be tired. And all they have to do is just be methodical as they've been and and and, and cause that quarterback on the other side to and, – and, and, and Patrick Mahomey is what I like to call him to, – to, to make some – you know, some bad throws here and there. And and I think it's going to be a game that people, because the question is going to become is this, is he so cerebral enough, Jalen Hurst that is, to be able to quarterback the position in the Super Bowl now? That's going to be the question because we've seen Patrick Mahomey do it. And, and, and I got to say, Cordell, I, he, I hate that question because I think Jalen Hurts oh, has shown us on every level that the guy can bro. win as a quarterback, as a passer. And it's going to happen, Joe. It's going to happen, bro. I promise you. Just, I mean, the guy just, just sliced and diced the San Francisco defense that everyone was touting as the best in football, and Hurts made no, him look didn't. like a bunch of nobodies. Hold on. No, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He, was, he was very average in the pass game. It was because they ran the football that allowed him to not have to throw the football. But he missed some unbelievable passes. He overthrew A.J. Brown by 10 yards on a wide-open go route that he normally hits all the time. He didn't look good throwing the football. He didn't look good all game long. Kept a few plays live with his feet, but their run game got going, the two big turnovers. And once the game got to 28-7, all they had to do was run out the clock, which is basically what they did. Yeah. They never threw the ball. They just said Jalen handed off a run out the clock. They're not going to score on us because they have no quarterback. So we'll never the year, we'll never really the year know. That, yeah. We'll never really know if Jalen Hurts had to throw to beat the Niner defense, could he have done it? I still think Philly wins the game, even if if, if San Fran stays healthy. But that's, to me, the Super Bowl comes down to one thing and one thing only. Jalen Hurts. Because his line is going to give him time to throw. We know that. And he is going to have a running game. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. Right. And Jalen Hurts not turn the ball over and play well enough. Real right. quick. Yeah. Real quick. The year that Peyton Manning was, was in Indy and Sanders, their safety, got hurt. They started throwing the ball. He started throwing a lot of picks. Who they depend on? on offense, Joseph Adai and Rhodes in the backfield. When they went on the road to play against, I think it was the uh, Chicago Bears, they ended up winning that game. Let's think about when he went to the Denver Broncos. Yes, he was coming off the surgery and all that great stuff. He ended up playing against the Carolina Panthers. What was the reason? DeMarcus Ware, and we had the other guy on the other side. Uh, what's his name? Uh, that come off Von Miller, who comes off the edge. It wasn't about throwing the football. And here's the thing about these games that I think most need to understand. You don't have to have – the hardest game to play is that conference championship game going into the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is just go play the game. I just – going back to – think back to Super Bowl 30 when we played uh, against the Dallas Cowboys there in Tempe, Arizona. And you hear this all the time from the quarterbacks or even players that play in that conference championship game. That's the hardest game to play. Russell Wilson, when playing for the Seattle Seahawks, how many interceptions he threw against the Carolina Panthers? That yeah, got bad him game. Go to, he threw – he threw four interceptions. So you don't have to play your best game in that game to determine the outcome. It's just who can make the least amount of mistakes. Jalen Hurts made the least amount of mistakes. And in this game, I think it's going to come down to that same thing. Even though we can say that Patrick Mahomey can come from behind quicker from what it seems like in a passing game. But that defense is strong enough and good enough to cause him to have to actually have to turn over. So I just think play good enough and I think they'll be fine. <laughs>
So let's good enough take a because look. it's not going to be a blowout game. It's not going to be a blowout game. That's it. No, it's definitely not. And I, I think that the line right now, whichever team you like, whether it's the Chiefs, the Eagles, you know, it opened at Chiefs minus two. Now we're seeing Eagles minus one and a half, minus two. I think that line is right around the right spot because it's going to be a nail biter. Patrick Mahomes is not going to get blown out. And I don't think Jalen Hurts and with the Eagles offer in the trenches that they're going to allow themselves to be blown out. Brandon, I want to get to some quarterback quarterback yeah. props. But before um, I do, what's on your mind? Last thing. Only twice in Super Bowl history mm-hmm. have we had the number one pass offense face the number one pass defense. It's only happened twice. Not talking total overall defense. Uh-uh. I'm talking about number one pass offense. Chiefs. Chiefs versus the number one pass defense in the Philadelphia Eagles. Two Super Bowls in the history of the Super Bowl. Broncos, Seahawks. Was that one of them? Oakland, Oakland Tampa Bay. Rich Gannon and the Raiders. Number Bye-bye one pass MVP. offense versus Tampa and the number one pass defense. Was it, uh, was it a Denver? Yes. And Carolina, eight, did Carolina eight, have number Denver, one defense? Number one pass offense against the Legion of Boom. Number one pass defense, Seattle. And Seattle blew them up. The number one pass defense on both occasions won the football game. And their respective team. Made- and their respective team, the number yeah. one pass defense put up 40 or more points in each game. Buccaneers won at 48 to 21. Gannon threw the five INTs, three pick sixes, and then Seattle 43-8, that destruction that you so famously just went to the movies after the first play of the game, right? Yes, and Cordell alluded to it in his in his montage of mon, uh, monologue yes. of Cordell doesn't have, or, or not Cordell, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to win the game passing the football. He just has to manage the game to win the game. And with the, that offensive line and that running game, he's not going to be put in a position to have to win the game until he has to. And that may never happen. So a lot of interesting storylines. We'll break it down more next week, but you got some props you want to roll through. Yeah, let's do some props. Got about five minutes left on the show. Next week, of course, is when we're going to hit the over under on the point total. We're going to look at the spread and uh, analyze all that. We'll do some uh, touchdown score props next week as well. But I want to look at these quarterbacks because we've been talking about them all show throughout the first 18 minutes so far. And Jalen Hurts has not been forced to throw the ball yet in a playoff game. To your guys' points that you've been making about all he has to do is not make mistakes. He hasn't had to throw more than 25 passes in a playoff game yet this postseason. His over-under is 31 and a half pass attempts. Gentlemen, how are we feeling about this over-under? Brandon, I'm going to start with you. Does Jalen Hurts have to throw the ball 32 or more times on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm going to say yes. Because in my opinion, they're going to run the football early. And once they start running the football early, I think Kansas City is going to have to commit somebody else to the box. And I think with the RPO and with that weakness of the secondary of the Chiefs, which I said last week on the show, most touchdown passes given up this year, most pass interference penalties given up this year, um, they're not going to get to Jalen Hurts in the pocket. They're not. They're not going to get to him like they did Joe Burrows. So that means that secondary that's been a sieve all year long is going to have to cover. They're not very good. They've been exposed. And so no home field advantage, perfect weather conditions, RPO running game. Um, I think they reach that total. I think I think Hurts gets over that total. Cordell, what about you? Jalen hasn't thrown 30 pass attempts yet in the playoffs. Will he go 32 or more, or will he will he be 31 or less? 
going to be one of two reasons that he has to throw over 30 points, over uh, 30 points in the game, and uh, 30 attempts, I'm sorry, over 30 attempts. And I feel if he does, they lose the game. And this is why. That means they're not controlling the game. They're not controlling the game. They're not running the football. Or that may mean that the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs is scoring in rapid-fire fashion. I think in the last game he threw in the 20s. They still end up winning that game, not throwing for over 100, maybe a little at 150 to a little over 150 yards at best in that game. I think he probably gives you anywhere from 25 to maybe right at 30, but no more than that. I think if he throws for over 30 attempts, I think they're in trouble. That means they're playing from behind if they have to throw the ball over 30 times because that's just not who they are. They've scored more times than I've seen of anyone in National Football League in their first drive or their second drive of the other games that they actually play. Then they falter maybe in the third quarter somewhere where they're trying to find themselves in the last quarter. They come back really strong. I think the physicality of the game is going to have to come into play to the point where they keep that team off the field, keep Patrick Mahomey cold, score touchdowns, but it won't be because they're throwing them and it's not because they're throwing balls. It's just because they're actually using the feet of the backfield, their quarterback, a few little dink and dunks here and there, but I think they get to the point where they get control of the game. I think they throw for under 30, probably under 31 and a half uh, attempts. So Cordell's on the under, Brandon's on the over. And I'm going to go with Brandon on this one because I think this is going to be a close game. And if it's a close game, unlike the two playoff games Jalen Hurts has been a part of so far, I, I think he's just going to have to rear back and pass the ball. Kansas City also has a top 10 run defense while their pass defense, Brandon, to your point, is garbage. I think Hurts and the Eagles are going to try to exploit that weak secondary. And I think he's going to drop back over. 31 and a half times. Gentlemen, we got about a minute and a half left on the show. I want to look at both quarterbacks rushing props before we wrap it up. Like I said, next week we'll do touchdown props and all that good stuff. Starting with Hertz, sticking with him, 48 and a half yards. Hasn't gone over 40 since week 17. Or I'm sorry, no, week 15 because he missed week 16 and 17. Hasn't gone over 40 since week 15 of the regular season. 48 and a half rushing yards. Brandon, over or under? I'm going to say Hertz is going to go under. I love Miles Sanders over 58 and a half. And I love Gainwell over 18 and a half. Seriously. And conversely, I think I like Pacheco over 48 and a half. I think both these teams are going to have some success running the football. Um, Philly has been susceptible to the run. So Hertz under, Sanders, Gainwell over. Let's take Pacheco over. I feel pretty good about those three. Cordell? Jalen Hurts, 48 and a half rushing yards. Do you think he goes for 50 or more, or do you think he stays under 48 and a half? Here's the question. Who do you win with? Do you win with Hurts or the running game out of the running backs out of the backfield? You win with the running backs out of the backfield. That's who you're going to win the game with. So when it comes down to Hurts, he's going to get over 50 yards because they're saying they can, he can get all the yards he wants. He's not going to be the reason, running the football, that they actually end up winning. So I say he gets about – I say he gets about 50, 55, maybe 60 yards in this one. So I'm going over with Jalen Hurts at uh, over 48 and a half. I'm going over. Brandon's under, Cordell's over. It's a stay away for me because there's a quarterback rushing number that I love, and it's Patrick Mahomes, 18 and a half. Gentlemen, super quickly on this one. Obviously, the high ankle sprain's a concern. Brandon, do you think Mahomes will eclipse that 18 and a half number? Um, yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's a low number. That's too <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a hell of a low number. <laughs> that's a too I'm going over 18 and a half. Cordell, what I about you? I, get, I don't know if I gave him assistance, but I'm like, you better hurry up and say it because no one's going to expect him to do it. 
Right. No one's expecting him to go vertical, go down up and north and south on the field laterally. Yes. Wait a minute, though. I'm going Wait a over. I'm going Sacks count against it. I'm going under. I'm going, going under. under. Yep, I think they okay, get to him. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Sacks, sacks I, I don't. That, that's a co- oh, that, hold on. That is a college football only rule. Sacks in the NFL do not count towards your rushing total. That's only college football. Trust your first mind there, B-Love. Trust your first mind. You took a knee a couple of years ago that cost people big-time money, so you need to double-check that. A knee will, a sack does not. A knee is not a sack. I have that one in my okay. back pocket. Okay, then I'll that goes against the pass. That goes against the passing yards, though, right? I'm going Mahomes. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, going Mahomes good. over 18 and a half rushing yards. Coming into this postseason, he'd gone over his posted rushing prop in six of his last nine playoff games. I think everyone's worried about the ankle right now, and he showed he could move against Cincinnati. He's got two weeks of rest, over 18 and a half. Gentlemen, we'll hit the side, we'll hit the over-under, we'll hit touchdown props next week. That does it for Cordell Stewart and Brandon Lang. I'm Joe Serralo. We'll see you next week, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl on Believe Me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.